Praise be Jesus Christ. Slava Jesus Christ. Please be seated. So today in the Gospel, we know that Christ can protect us from evil. And it's no news to us that he has conquered the evil spirits. But in the Gospel, the apostles are teaching us about how we can deal with evil spirits. Lots of people are uh, interested in these movies about demon possession, you know. I myself went to see a couple of them. They didn't quite get it right. But <laughs> what can you expect? You know, they see such sensationalism in the fact that they can be dominated by the evil one. But they're not at all surprised at what Jesus can do for us. How many movies have they put about Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the defeater of all evil? And now he has worked throughout the world aiding us in our battle. I don't think I've seen one. I saw the, uh, some years ago, I saw The Life of Christ, and the disappointing thing about that was they forgot the resurrection at the end. I think that was intentional. They don't really want us to know who Jesus Christ is and how much he loves you that you are a treasure to him, each one of you. Now, in contiguous with my series of sermons I'm giving you about the interior life, I'm going to talk to you about two parts of your being. Now, you all know you have a body. You're too aware of it. And when you get older... You're very aware of it because it starts to fail. And it's scary. But you have a home to go to. Now, uh, it requires faith to live in a human body. It's a corrupt from its very beginning after the sin of Adam and Eve that is not a sad story. That's a sad reality. That the original body that God gave us was perfect, but through original sin, the original fall, we should say, it is not perfect anymore. And we worship this imperfect body more than we do God. Within the body, yes, yourself, how does the body function? If either good or bad. And you have that free will to choose. I raised a boy, and he was a street boy, and I raised him. He's a professor now, because I'm a tough teacher. He's got a wonderful career. Um, 
So anyway, it's hard to get him out of bed in the morning and make sure he said his prayers didn't get out of the house. And he had to take a bus down, went down the hill. He had to run. Well, anyway, um, he got on the bus, he went down there, and he was saying his morning prayers. And this nun was standing next to him watching him. She says, what are you doing? She says, I'm saying my morning prayer. She says, oh, you're not old enough to worry about that. I'd like to slap her around. We all have to worry about that. What a dummy. And religious at that. She says, you're young. I hate to tell you the sad news. I have buried more young people than old in my career as a priest for 53 years. All sorts of things happen to young people instantaneously. You don't know what's going to happen to you today. You better live in a state of grace and you better say your prayers. How do we do that? So, my dear brothers and sisters, our life should be a prayer. Jesus said we should pray always. Now, you have two faculties of your heart. And we teach in the Eastern Church the prayer of the heart. Jesus also preached that. He's always talking about the heart of man. The question is, God loves you, he gave you a heart, but how do you love God with your heart? Within the, the teaching of the Eastern Fathers, based on the great, great theologian, John Chrysostom, they make distinctions about the heart. They tell us things people never discuss with us. Where is the soul, the dusha? It resides in your heart. And what is supposed to reside in your heart, within that dusha, in your sersa, your heart, is God. That's why God gave you a, it's his house. It's the temple inside your body. And you should be paying a very great attention to it. How do we do that? Well, we have in the Eastern Church the tradition of the Jesus prayer. And I've told you before, we breathe in, we breathe out, we breathe in. We say, Jesus Christ, breathe in, Son of God, breathe out, have mercy on me, breathe in, a sinner. The mechanics are not important, because sooner or later, they pass away, and then you are concentrating on who is in your heart. It's we have to get inside of it to begin with. So when you were a baby, most of us, others later, your parents or your godparents in our tradition brought you to church and you were baptized and chrismated and taken to the Eucharist right away. 
We say babies, we give the Eucharist to babies. There, there's no, what would prevent them from receiving the Eucharist? Are they living in sin? Are they not baptized and chrismated? So anyway, when you were chrismated, especially you were given the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And the, the theological ones are important. Faith, hope, and charity. So that's already infused in you. And you have to work with that, those gifts. So, you know, I talk to people. People come here to talk to me. It's very discouraging to find the state of their spiritual life. They're very concerned about many, many other things. Above all, trying to get a, live life in this world. They're worried more about the gifts of this world than they are the, of the ultimate gift of heavenly life. Well, I do not fault them for this, but sometimes they neglect their faith, they don't go to church, they do not do their daily prayers. The first thing you fail in, in your faith, is your daily prayers. You know, well, I say the morning offering. That's not enough. Well, I say the act of contrition before I go to bed at night. That's not enough. So I want to say something to you. If you were in a palace of a king, And you were there, say, we've just lost Queen Elizabeth. She was a magnificent woman. Talk about women's lib. Huh. She had more power than any woman in the world. So say you were a guest in the Buckingham Palace. First of all, they would give you a lesson in courtesy and how to address the queen, and how to walk or move in her presence. And if you were going to eat a meal there, you would have to know how to eat a meal. What's silver to use? You know, in a formal setting of silver, there's 14 pieces. And I imagine they're put in the proper order, and you have to know which one to pick up. Not that she would say anything. Paddington Bear and the Queen made a cartoon. And he was invited to Buckingham Palace for tea. And her, her, lady, her, her Majesty poured the tea. And he was supposed to pick up the cup properly to drink the tea. Well, he made a mess of it. But she didn't say a word. It's a wonderful, entertaining um, cartoon. It's been around since she fell asleep in the Lord. Well, you are belonging to something greater than the palace of the queen. You enter this temple. Some of you enter it casually. Well, you're not raised in our tradition. But it wouldn't hurt you to learn it. We make a profound bow at the door to the presence of the Holy Trinity in the temple. We come to the tetrapod and 
bless ourselves three times, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, kiss the holy icon, remind us what we're celebrating in the temple that day, or who the patron saint is. And we go through our prayers and we say prayers of preparation. So the priest says prayers of preparation. Priest prepares the Eucharist. Uh, Do you think you're uh, exempt from those prayers? Well, you don't have to say the priest's prayers, but you all have little prayer books and you all have favorite prayers that you can say in preparation and go deep into your heart. So what do you bring to church? Your heart. Your temple. And you come here to be fed and grow in the magnificent of that heart. Ignatius of Antioch, early father of the church, did wonderful things for us. He wrote down for us the teachings of the apostles, the apostolic uh, deposit of faith. Magnificent thing to read. He fell asleep in the Lord. He was martyred. And they, uh, they tell us that when they... I don't forget, remember how they killed him, but they threw his body in a fire. Christians do not cremate people. That's a recent phenomena. The church said we can do it in case of some kind of public disease or something. We bury our dead to go back to the soil from which came. So anyway, they threw him in the fire. They were pagans. They fell. Well, if we can destroy his body, we can destroy the soul that lived in it. Maybe they were more Christian than we are. And uh, he told us many, many beautiful things, but the most beautiful things he told us about the life of God in our inmost being. That's how far back the prayer of the heart goes. That's the first, it's before 150. What is going on in your soul? Attend to it. Spend time, as I told you last week, with God in prayer. It will change from different stages of your life. And God will always be speaking to you. However, like the fellow in the gospel today, he was a public sinner. And he probably justified that. We always can find out reasons why we can sin because of our human weakness or our frailty or our appetites or something like that. It's wrong. You're under influence of the evil one, just like he was. Now, who is the evil one? You all know. You were taught in catechism. And you little children, there was a rebellion in heaven. Priest called me on the phone. He said, why was there a rebellion in heaven among the angels? I was surprised. I thought all priests knew that. It's very simple. The angels knew that God was going to create a man, his son, Jesus Christ. They did not like that. They thought that a 
it should be an angelic spirit. Angelic spirits are a service of God. They cannot see him. They serve around the throne. And sometimes they're sent to this earth to give us a message. They appear as a man. Why? Because that's the greatest man. The greatest creation of man is man, Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ was created, he is the source of all holiness. Every sacrament is his gesture. And what does he do to us? He shares the uncreated energies of God with us to sanctify us. And they dwell in our heart. Pay attention to them. So some people say, I gave a retreat in Yonkers and Holy Trinity, and she said, Father, I came away from it with a headache after that retreat. You're telling us all this stuff. I said, that's good. At least you can have a headache. You know where you're supposed to pray. Well, I don't have time to pray. Well, why? I told you before. Why should God bother with you if you have no time for God? Well, he's merciful. He's merciful in his redemptive activity, but we have to cooperate with it. The most important thing in Jesus, in Jesus gave us is the power of prayer. He gave us, you know, we're a priestly people. He gave us in our inmost being, in our in our soul, and our soul re- resides in our heart. So you can read tons, there's tons of literature about this, mostly Eastern. You can look for it among the Orthodox churches. Uh, most of their stuff is okay. Uh, sometimes they get a little loud on the Uniates. Well, we're the real Catholics, you know. We're Eastern and we're in union with the Holy See. Orthodox or not? Are they real Catholics? They're trying, though. And they're certainly more Catholic than most of the West, which is in schism or heresy. It's difficult. But don't you become one of those people. God lives in you through the Holy Sacrament, through Jesus Christ. How are we united with Christ every moment of the day? By what they used to call sanctifying grace. We call it the uncreated grace of God which sanctifies us. It comes from the three persons in the Trinity by circumcision. That's what comes to you. And it dwells in you unless you drive it away. How can I tend to that? By a very serious life of prayer, a commitment to prayer. Like my son, most of you can hardly get to work on time. You have a TV, you turn it on, you sit there like a dummy, listen to the lies they tell you. They can't even get the news straight. When I was living in England, it was difficult to get, uh, they had the Stars and Stripes. That was the newspaper we were supposed to read on the base. And uh, <clears throat> there was nothing in there except propaganda. And so anyway, I would get uh, 
Le Mundo from France. My French is not too good, but I could manage uh, getting to the newspaper. I get other sources of news to find out what was really going in, gone in the world. They give us the news that they want us to believe in what's going on in the world according to their, their design. And sometimes it's very wrong. I always believed always America was always right. It's not always right. It sells most of the arms that are destroying people to the world. It makes a lot of money on wars. It's not right. To kill our neighbor, is that right? What's the gospel say? Love your neighbor. How do I get myself in such a state that I can love my neighbor? By prayer. So when the joy of prayer fills your heart, you want to tell somebody about it. You want to preach the gospel to them. Then you want them to know what Jesus Christ is doing in your life. You want to teach them about the Blessed Sacrament, the love of the Mother of God, your guardian angels, all the help you have, the fact that God watched over you when you were conceived and your mother and father didn't throw you in a barrel somewhere. These are the graces of God. Always love your parents. Yes, they have faults, but you do too. Love them. And you could not take care of yourself, they took care of you. The only trouble with the parents these days is they're frightened of their children. They'll leave them. Don't worry about that. I left my mother and father when I went to study for the priesthood, but they understood they were Catholics. They understood that once I was a priest, I didn't belong to them, but they loved me dearly. But I visited as much as I could. And they were not perfect parents, but I think of them in perfection. But what I've done, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be a priest. I wouldn't be able to preach to you. All passion is not bad. Passion can serve the purpose of the Lord. But if your passions are out of control because you do not pray, they may serve the devil. Now, one of the problems with our passionateness in that fall I told you about the angels, is they're angry. And they want to destroy us. Every one of us is another image of Christ. And the life that's in us is not our own, the Gospel says. It is the life of Christ. As Bias twelve said, we are part of the mystical body of Christ. And wherever you go every day, what you do, what you're doing, God is with you. The divine energies are in you. And hopefully you've uh, attended to God in your spare moments. I learned a great lesson about my father when he died. Um, I asked my father, you know, men, they want to know what their father thinks about them. It's our nature. And I asked my father, I said to him, was there anything that I would do that would disappoint you? He says, if nothing would disappoint me, 
You're a human being. But if you left the church. Now my father uh, and my mother didn't always get along too well. But my father, they were both practicing Catholics. My father seemed to be special to me. So when I, he died, he was in Philadelphia. I was in uh, Seattle where I was pastor. I couldn't go to them much. I went once a year, every year to see them. Uh, so I found the phone with him the day before he died. He says, how are you? And uh, he had had a, a problem and he was in the hospital. But that didn't kill him. He got pneumonia. The old man's friend, he was the old timer, said, put you out of your misery. He died. So quickly, Deacon, he's now priest, Deacon Michael and Dallas joined me to go to Philadelphia to lay my father to rest. At his um, funeral, it was at uh, Holy Spirit Church in South Philadelphia, Byzantine Catholic Church. Very beautiful church. Uh, and of course, I celebrate the liturgy. The hardest job of a priest is to bury his parents. And uh, he was uh, laid out there in a nice, very nice uh, casket. Uh, beautiful oak in a nice suit and I put in his hands the holy cross the key to heaven I put two little icons on his lapel our lord and our lady and then uh, the undertaker came up to see me he said what well, do you how do you think of him I says I think he's dead I says he, he is alive so we crossed the state and went to Mount Macrina and I put my parents in a mausoleum, and they're there. My mother's above the altar, and my father's just a step down next to her. It's a hard job. But then I started to think about my parents, and I've been thinking about them ever since, and how they formed me in the Catholic faith. And one of the things I noticed about them was they all prayed. So I thought to myself, well, I should be praying. But God gives you the grace of prayer. And even if you fall into sin, turn quickly to prayer. Frequent confession. Frequent the temple where the Eucharist is preserved. How lucky we are. How much do you want to do God's will? So doing God's will is your vocation. Not just when it's convenient. And don't marry outside the church. The marriage will not last. Rarely. You have nothing to make you stick together. 
Nothing, no axe over your head like you should have to make sure you don't break the bonds. Marriage is a sign of your unity with the church. Are you going to break those bonds too? For your own egotism? Your own anger? Your own violence in your soul? Because your heart is not pure? You can raise your children that you don't even know what evil is. And you can guide them through puberty by teaching the love of Jesus Christ and that he went through puberty. And he's with you in your holiness. Next to you in your heart, every moment of the day, is divine energies that come from Jesus Christ, the high priest. It's a free gift to you. If you're mindful of him throughout the day, say your Jesus prayer. We'll tell you whatever it has to do. But depend to your heart because the prayer of the heart will perfect you. It will make you a mystic. The mystic, who is the mystic? The one who's in love with God. The mystic is in love with God. Can you say, I love God? I think I find it hard to say because there's always room for improvement. Augustine said, Later, I love thee. Does some great tragedy have to happen in your life before you rush to God? The tragedy of life is living without God close to your very soul and heart. The tragedy of life is that. If you do not love God, you can't love anybody else. You only think you do. And then you say, well, look what they did to me. God will never do that to you. The tragedy of life is not founding of your vocation so you can live closer to God and not be a controller. Let the controller in your life be Christ and the Holy Gospel. The love of God, desire of learning the truths, the mysteries of God, and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. This is the things that guide our life and bring us to perfection. It does away with fear, even the fear of sickness, because with God with you, you will never be defeated. Stay close to him in the prayer of your heart. Perfect that heart. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen.